Hi, I'm Wendy Calvert, and this is my story. In September of 2019, I purchased a franchise called Caring Transitions. It's a relocation and liquidation company to help aging adults transition to assisted living. I genuinely believe that God gave me this opportunity. I had been working or networking and building a list of referral partners, and business was starting to pick up when COVID hit. When the government shut everything down, I panicked. My business is based on face-to-face connections, and I had not been doing this long enough to have a stable source of clients. I was a real mess. I had been spending time with God pretty much every morning, but instead of bringing my anxiety to Him, I was trying to focus on praise. I thought if I had faith that the business was God's plan for me, I should not be worrying about if the business will survive this pandemic. But I was still extremely concerned about the fate of this new venture, and I found myself consumed with what was going to happen if the business failed. I finally turned to God and asked for help. I remembered Jeremiah 29:11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. This should have been given me peace, but it did not. I had invested a lot of money in this franchise, and I was still terrified that it was going to fail because of the pandemic. In April, our women's away retreat team decided to go ahead with their first retreat of the season, but to have solitude and prayer in place, each of us finding our own quiet place that we could spend time with God for the day. We would then come together on Zoom at the end of the day and share our experiences. I didn't have much hope for this version of solitude and prayer, but I participated all the same. I spent the day in solitude, listening for God to speak with me. I wasn't sure what I was was looking for because I thought he had already spoken to me about the franchise situation. But as I sat, sat in my silence and listened for him, I heard him say very clearly, I encouraged you to start this business, and I knew this pandemic was on the horizon. I will not change on a whim. I will not abandon you now. I will see you through this. Psalm 139.16 says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days adorned for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Psalm 34, Your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens your faithfulness to the skies. It was then that I could finally breathe again. Now I'm happy to report that even during this crisis, my business is growing and I'm getting referrals and people are requesting services. God is faithful. Made it up here with no sermon. It's going to be a short one. (laughs) Thank you, Wendy. Thanks, Ashley. It's good to hear stories of what God is doing in the world, yes? So if you take our Pathways of Faith class, you'll learn this. That the kingdom of God is that place where Jesus is king. And we all follow him doing, living, loving like Jesus. That the kingdom of God began with Jesus, that it continues even to today, and the kingdom of God will be the future. The kingdom of God is in the world now, but the kingdom of God is bigger than this world. 
And someday the kingdom of God will consume this entire world in the power and the love of God. That sounds awesome. How do you get to that? Remember in Dan's uh, fourth message on the Bible and maps, he showed us the missionary journey of Paul, how Paul left Jerusalem and ran around the Roman world. He was starting churches. Some of those places he only stayed in for a few weeks. Some of those places he stayed in a few months, and I can only find one that looks like he stayed there over a year. But that's how the kingdom of God began and spread around the Roman world. Then I know of a man, he was a young man in China. Uh, He had participated in the Tiananmen Square uh, protest. He was a real mover and shaker. And on the street, he saw uh, two Americans getting on a train. So he wormed his way through the crowd and he ran up to him in the best English he could do. And he said, show me the secret to democracy. And they said, here it is. They had a book and they gave it to him. And they got on the train and left. And he went home and he thought he had the handbook to democracy. And he started reading it and it was the Gospel of John. Somehow in the reading of the Gospel of John, he became a follower of Jesus and started to start underground churches. And he started many of the underground persecuted churches that we now support through the One Life Financial Challenge. And that's how the kingdom of God began there. Then there's my friend Chris. Met him in college. We hit it off right away. We had a lot of the same interests, liked most of the same movies, uh, had the same twisted sense of humor. And he is one of the most thoughtful, fun people I've ever met. I always remembered everyone's birthday and celebrated it just perfectly, just perfectly. But one thing we did not agree on was religion. Uh, I was a believer. He was not. We had many, many discussions, some of them heated, some of them full-on arguments about faith. Now, I was trying, I had just become a Christian myself, and I was really trying to share my faith with gentleness and respect. But, uh, I'm pretty sure that I didn't always succeed at that. I'm pretty sure I was sometimes obnoxious because sometimes people would tell me, you're obnoxious. (laughs) So this went on for a few years. And then I started thinking, I really value this friendship. What a great person. Uh, I don't want to put a lot of stress on this. It's clear he's not going to give up any ground. So why don't we just keep playing Dungeons and Dragons and just forget about it? So that went on for a few years, and then school ended, and then he got married, and then a few years later, he's getting ready to leave town, moving away. So last day we hung out, I remember we were walking in the garage, and he got to the doorway, going into the house, he turned around and goes, by the way, I just wanted to let you know, I've become a follower of Jesus. Thank you for your influence. I just stood there with my mouth hanging open, because I had intentionally stopped talking about that like three and a half years ago. So I stood there really dumb with my mouth open, and he goes, well, I just thought you'd want to know. You added one to the rolls, and then he went in the house. (laughs) Now, here is what disturbs me. I would never stand up here and talk about the kingdom of God and tell you to do any of this stuff. I would never tell you the way to spread the kingdom of God is to bounce around from city to city, start a church, and then after a week, after a month, after one, two years, leave Can you imagine if Dan Wilburn started Lakeland Community Church and then left in 1997? I would never tell you to stand at a a train station and when strangers from a foreign country come up, just just hand them a Gospel of John. Don't even need the whole Bible. Just the Gospel of John. Just give it to them, get on the train and go. And expect something to happen. And I certainly wouldn't tell you 
that, you know, if you're witnessing to your friend and after a couple of years it's not getting anywhere, just give up. I would never tell you these things. And yet, here are the stories. I started thinking about my own life. How did the kingdom of God come to me? So this table represent, has a lot of trinkets on it, and each one represents a moment when the kingdom of God uh, first came to me or, or took a big turn and, and grew in size and importance. You know, and it probably starts here with this Advent wreath. When our dad brought the Advent tradition into our home, it really turned up the spiritual temperature of our house. And I asked him, like, Dad, where did you get this idea? This is brilliant. And he said, I'm sorry, son, I don't know. I, I, I just can't remember. I might have made it up. I just don't know. Oh, well, good thing, I guess. This black belt, my martial arts instructor was one of my big spiritual mentors when I was a teenager. How did my folks find a Christian martial arts school? Well, we had a relative that worked at the bank, and this guy was teaching some lessons in the basement of the bank. You would just drive up to the bank, knock on the back door after hours, and somebody would run up the stairs and let you in. That's it? Okay. This Bible, all duct taped together to keep it going. It says in the front here that I got this for my f- Christmas when I was 14 years old. I remember this. I did not want this Christmas present. This is a grown-up study Bible. I opened it and I was like, oh, cool. Um, I did not read this for six years unless I wanted to make some puzzles with a spiritual verses for my D&D game. I did, not, I did not read this. And then six years later... When I needed something, I reached for this. Good thing it was there. Stranger Things lunchbox. Because my longest friend, uh, our life was basically like Stranger Things. Uh, and we're without the monsters. Well, maybe with the monsters. Um, and so we, uh, but we were inseparable as adolescents and teenagers. But then as they often do in college, we, we grew apart. And we hadn't been together for almost a year. And then I was at Perkins and I happened to see him. And I said, hey, and he said, hey, and he said, let's hang out. So we just drove around town once. And I said, I got to tell you, in this time that we've not been hanging out, I've come back to my Christian faith. And he said, that's so weird. So have I. And then we just started all over again. And we still email each other every Friday after 35 years. Avila University. Um, They weren't responsible for a lot of the spiritual changes, but they happened there. The people, the situations, it was all right. How did I end up here? They called me out of Spanish class one day. And I went out in the hall, and there was my science teacher and this old guy. And my science teacher said, "Uh, this guy teaches about reptiles at at a college. And and I said, we had a great reptile guy here. So he said, I want to meet him. So I pulled you out of class. And uh, he was a professor at Avila. And that's how I ended up going to school there because... Because of snakes. Don't forget Ashley Woody. If you'd asked me in college, I would have said, if I ever get married, it would be this short gal with brown hair and brown eyes. I just thought that was my type. She sings, she dances, you know, theater stuff. God said, well, how about a six-foot-one, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, scholarship athlete? And if she sings, I've never heard it. (laughs) Shows what I know. Lakeland? How could you forget Lakeland? 
All my big spiritual turning points happened at Lakeland. How did we end up at Lakeland? What master plan brought us here? My dad uh, went on a website. I'm talking a 1995 website. And it just had a list of churches in Lee Summit that uh, subscribed to a certain way of doing ministry. And my dad went to our band practice and said, y'all need to be going to church. Here's a flyer. Have lunch with this guy. It looks like it's going to be okay. How'd you come here? This video series, the Conquer video series, this is about... uh, men defeating the power of addiction. A guy called me one day at the office and said, I ordered this video online and we got to get together and watch it. I did not want to get together and watch a video with anybody, but I just didn't really have a real slick way of saying no, so I ended up watching it. This has brought me more spiritual change than anything in the last three years, improving relationships and and ministry and all of it, because I couldn't think of a smart way to say no. That's it. I didn't plan for any of this stuff. I didn't make any of this stuff happen. There was no brilliance behind any of this. So so how does the kingdom of God work? Jesus tells us in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verse 26. Jesus also said, The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scattered seed on the ground. Night and day while he's asleep or awake, The seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First, a leaf blade pushes through, then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. There's a key Greek word in here. That part where it says the earth produces the crops on its own. In the Greek it says... Automate. Do you see a little bit of the spelling of English headed toward the word automatic? That's where we get it. The earth produces the crops automate. We don't control the kingdom of God. We serve it. We get to live in it. We proclaim it to others because we're thankful for it. But how it happens... That happens whether you're asleep or awake. Automate, Jesus says. A man throws seed, he prepares soil, but the real miracle of how the growth happens, that's completely beyond him. Remember, Ashley and I decided we were going to grow kale in our garden. So we got our seed packets, red on the back, you know, build a little mound because it can't get too wet. And you pour kale on the surface and scratch it with your fingers. You know, you don't bury kale seeds. So we're following. Really windy day, though. So we open the second seed packet and it, the wind rips it out of our hand and just throws it everywhere. Guess which seeds grew into the thick, lush, crisp kale? The one the wind ripped out of our hands and scattered everywhere. Automate. Now, this part of the sermon is just for me. But as a control freak, this is really uncomfortable. Because you can't preach this stuff. You can't say, here's the five steps to build the kingdom of God. And, and here's what you need to do. And here's what you need to not do. And here's how you take control of this. This spread some seed and prepare some soil. And, and, and God does it. Automate. Ooh, that's uncomfortable. And yet, there's a real freedom waiting for me, and if any of you relate, 
Because the reason why some of us are really controlling is because we were hurt at some point in the past, right? And what we learned from that is, if I don't take control of the situation, bad things will happen. If I don't step up and make something happen, other people who are supposed to be taking care of these things, they're not doing it. If you don't run things, then you get run over by things. Now that got you and I through a certain stage of life, but it's starting to wear out now, isn't it? Because especially this year, we're starting to see all the things in the world we're not in control of. And our closest relationships don't like it very much either, do they? That we're always trying to make good things happen to them. Oh, I'm just doing it for you. I just care about you. They're like, could you stop? Because you're making me crazy. They don't see it that way, do they? But this message comes and says, there is a God and it's his kingdom. And you can serve it and live in it and proclaim it. But when it comes to like making it, back up. Have a seat. It'll, it'll happen whether you're asleep or awake. You could never plan for it. This is a great freedom because maybe for the first time for some of us, we can say, God is in control and I can be watched over. I can be taken care of. And just let the automate do its thing. It's a great release and freedom waiting for us. So what is Lakeland doing exactly? Aren't we building the kingdom of God? We're not. Check the mission statement again. That's not what it said. It said to build a community of authentic followers of Jesus Christ. It says, get everybody together. Proclaim the word, right? Throw some seeds. Have the sacraments. Worship. Learn to pray. Prepare the soil. But the kingdom, the growth, who knows how and when that happens. That's all automate. You just make the kind of place where kale usually kind of grows. Then the wind of the spirit does the rest. Well, we can do that. Get together, read the word, do the sacraments, sing the songs, love one another, serve somebody. We can do that. So how can the kingdom of God come to you and I? See, I'm so controlling. I just have to give you something to do at the end of the message. I I can't just stop, so forgive me. I'll try to keep it really easy. You do have to step out in faith a little, I think. I mean, I had to go to the karate lessons. I had to have the lunch with Dan. I had to ask that girl to marry me. Scatter some seed. As Adam said, tell folks what you're thankful for. Prepare the soil. Farmers don't do nothing. They plant and they prepare soil. Focus less on what ministry is not being done and what the poor that aren't being served and the, and the lives that aren't being changed. Focus less on that. Focus more on what God is accomplishing. The lives that are being changed. The ministry that is being done. The poor that are being served. Here's why. Because 
It's easy. It's so easy to come into church and focus on what's not happening. The life's not changing. The ministry's not being done. The folk's not being served. Easy to do that. But it just steals all your energy and hope and creates this kind of cynicism such that you don't want to do anything about it after a while. Isn't that true? I mean, you went into it thinking if we look at what needs to be done and the next hill to take, then we'll do it. But that's not what's happened, isn't it? Is it? You've gotten so cynical, so hopeless, and so grumpy. You just don't hardly, you're just about done. As opposed to if you look at what God has done and the lives that have changed and, and, and the, the folks who are served, and you see how God did it in these strange ways that can only be Him. It gives you the hope and the energy to say, well, I could do the next thing. I'm not saying ignore the things that aren't done. I'm just saying focus on the things that are and then the energy and the hope and the amazement you get of God from that, use that then to take the next hill. And it doesn't have to make perfect sense, does it? These stories about Paul and the Chinese pastor and my friend in college, they don't make any sense. But they happened. That table doesn't make a lot of sense. But it's all true. That's when you know it's God. You can't say, oh, well, you got sucked in by that little pyramid scheme called the church. It's really clever. That's, that's not clever at all. And be patient. The kingdom of God is slow. So slow. The parable didn't say, um, the farmer scattered seed and the next morning it was ready for harvest. God's, God's got time. Settle down until harvest time. It's growing whether you're asleep or awake. Out to mate. And when you see that, you'll know, of course, this, of course God wasn't leaving it to me to build his kingdom. Of course he was building it. Why did I think it was any other way? So I emailed my friend this year from college. And I said, look, I, I have to confess, I've always wondered, how did you become a Christian? <laughs> Why don't you just tell me from your side of the fence, what was going on? So he sent me this. He said I could share it. He said, you never really pushed anything spiritually in an uncomfortable way, so put that out of your head. I told you it was really, really nice. I think he's being really, really nice. With respect to D&D, I loved every minute of it, especially because you made it spiritual without being cheesy. It definitely helped my faith, rest assured. The biggest push, however, came from God himself. Of course. Automate. Once I left college and started to flounder in life, job, relationship, he had an amazing way of nudging me in the right direction. Never so hard that I could point and say, ha, that's proof there's a God. But enough that with a little faith, I wouldn't write it off as coincidence. Especially after the 10th or 15th time. How's that? Any of it makes sense? I thank God often that he introduced us more than you may know. So, the next time you wonder, how did the kingdom of God come into this world and what should I be doing? Remember the parable of the sprouting seed and the automate kingdom of God. Let's pray.
Lord, we are grateful. Father, help us to follow you. To proclaim, spread seed, to prepare our hearts and with service prepare the hearts of the world. But in the end, Lord, let us trust in you and get to see what you do as you cause seeds to grow. It's in the name of Christ Jesus, our King, we pray. Amen.